What's up, folks? I'm Kenyon L. O'Brien. And I'm Roger Omis Jr. And we're from Omipro TV. And you are tuning into Hashtag Verse TV. Be sure to comment, thumbs up, share, and subscribe. Week 111, ladies and gentlemen. What's up, everybody? What's up, everybody? If you hear my voice and you know what that means, it's time for all the tea right here on Verse TV with your boy, 12 Weeks Music. So let's get right into it. Writer, producer, director, Roger Omius. You have been spinning gold in the movie industry for some time now, sir. And finding me, to, yeah, to finding me truth, finding me the series, James and Danielle. Philly, Philly. Philly, okay, it's just spelled differently. I need to be, if I don't write it down, I, I get messed up. Um, and now, Back along talks with myself, featuring Morris Chadwick, of course, right here with us today, Mr. Brought to Life by uh, Kenyon L. O'Brien. Those are just a, a few of the number of the Omipro TV productions. So we're going to get all the tea, y'all. We're here one-on-one, and we want to know all the tea from both of you guys. So we're going to start with you with this question right now, Roger. For our audience out there who may not yet know where you're from, can you tell us where you're from and what you love most about your origin story? Uh, born uh, Brooklyn, New York, raised in New Jersey. Um, PK, okay. <laughs> first generation Haitian American. Um, and what I love about uh, my background is uh, something that my dad instilled in me was to be proud of where I came from, where our family came from, um, which is Haiti, and the the rich history the rich history that comes along with that, and to be proud to be black. And uh, he instilled that in me as a child. And I carry that on um, with my own uh, life. And I try to influence that as much as I can in my stories and even in the relationships of friendships and people that I know. All right, now, that's how I say, okay, we out here in these streets, all right? <laughs> I love it, I love it. So same thing for you, Kenyon, for the audience who may not yet know where you're from. Can you tell the people where you're from and tell us what you love most about your origin story? Uh, well, I am from Yonkers, New York, and I was raised in Yonkers. Come on, <laughs> and I was raised in Delaware. Um, big contrast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I love most about my origin story is probably that I was raised very independent, which it kind of be it can kind of be like a bad thing because you know you never want to ask for help because you're too independent. Right. Um, but um, I guess I was like the typical, um, if you know the term, latchkey kid. You know. Mm -mm. My mom's always at work trying to provide for me. So uh, I always seen like a hard worker, hardworking woman doing what she needed to do. And that's kind of trickled down onto me without even like her actually, you know, instilling, instilling it in me or sending me down, like do X, Y, and Z, X, Y, and Z. It's more so I just picked up on the habits of what she was doing. Um, and that kind of just, you know, fueled me through my life now. So, yeah. All right. Now, shout out to mama. Mama. Come on. Shout out to mama. Okay. That's what I'm talking about. So, uh, Roger, we, we want to sip on all the tea on your creative development of your amazing Finding Me franchise. What was the most valuable lesson that Creative Journey provided for you? Uh, most valuable lesson that it, uh, I guess it was um, having a dream for as long as I did, because I, I wanted to be a filmmaker before I even knew I wanted to be a filmmaker. So as a kid, I used to watch, um, you know, right. there would be the Star Wars movies, but what I would really be watching on PBS is the making of Star Wars. And I would be interested in seeing how that was done. And my brother and I would go in the backyard, take styrofoam and try to make a, a starship out of that. Stuff like that. <laughs> I love it. 
it's just, it, I guess the valuable lesson is I've always been a storyteller. I've always been a creator. My cousin, I remember she told me, even when we were kids, you were directing us and I didn't know I was doing that, but I was saying, let's do this and let's do that. So it's just been something that's been in me. So as an artist, it's not something I do. It's who I am. All right now. I love it's who I am. I hope y'all have to take notes because listen, on a journey of becoming who you are, it ain't easy. But when you know who you are, oh, the power that you have, okay? Um, Kigan, you shared that as an actor, don't watch, don't attach yourself to a storyline, excuse me, because you said it's ever evolving. That's some good advice, especially for someone who myself who's an actor, especially when you have a highly creative team that you're working with. What are two more acting tips that you can give, that you can share with us for such actors out here in these seats, in these streets? Um, I guess for me, I guess it's not learn, memorize your dialogue. Once you memorize your dialogue, you can figure everything else out after that. And um, memorize your dialogue and no matter how much or small it can be. And then if you can, or you get the opportunity, act it out different ways before you're actually filming it. And even when you're doing filming in different takes. Um, you can just try it different ways. Um, and what else? Always, always listen. Don't always um, rely on, trust your scene partner, but don't always rely on them solely sticking straight to the dialogue. Like listen to keywords that may switch up that will cause your dialogue to switch. Cause you don't want to say something that is opposite mm -hmm. to what they saying because you're so stuck on your dialogue that you can't let it flow um, in the scene in it. Cause sometimes it'll still come out to be really good even if you're not sticking to the script verbatim. Um, mm -hmm. Like, you know, you can say something like small, like I went to X, Y, and Z and they're saying it, but you're, you were supposed to say, I went somewhere else. So you mm -hmm. as the scene partner should be able to pick up on, oh, they didn't say they went to 16th street this time they said they went to 18th street so now you can come back we're like oh you went to 18th street you know let it um let it keep flowing because sometimes you don't want to mess the rhythm up if it's not totally detrimental to the scene or the script great advice better, come on great drop advice. those gems right i was gonna say <laughs> drop those gems and i those are things that you know i haven't heard some of I haven't heard. One I haven't heard, and I haven't, the other one I haven't heard in a long time. So you better come on. Jims, y'all better write it down. That's why we're recording it, because you can go back and watch. Okay. So uh, we're going to keep it moving. Uh, Roger, in addition to your um, your same gender love creations, your works that you create, James and Danielle and Philly showcases your skill on heterosexual love creative works. What inspires you for your representation for both creative sides, with your creative works? What inspires me is that... Um my every existence isn't my homosexuality my <laughs> there's Talk parts of it. me that's Talk you know just a regular person um i love love in all of its forms and so i have a lot of female friends who are heterosexual or are or um homosexual and vice versa you know so i, I as a creator, I want to be able to stretch my wings. When I was doing Finding Me, uh, people loved to label, and I, and I understand why, they love to label Finding Me as a gay series, a gay film, but it, it never was that for me. It was a story about a person, a, a guy, Fabian mm -hmm. Allen, who happens to be gay, and his friend is bisexual, and his other best friend is a heterosexual girl. That's just the, the world I created, the environment I wanted, and so the stories 
that I wanted to keep continuing telling is stories about people who just happens to be this or that. And so that's what, that's how I t try to tell my stories. Gotcha. Awesome. Wow. I love it. I, I, I definitely was able to catch something when it was able to find myself and finding me, you know? Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, nice <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. Keep it up. Like, the creative things that we do as creatives is a lot of times not for us. It's just, we're just vessels. And if we just pay, pay attention to what's in us and what's, what we, and what comes out of us, we're good. You're doing it. You know, you guys are doing it. And I think that's pretty dope. And so, Kenyon, with your aspect of the character of Mr. Mr. Morris, do you think that, do you most and least connect with in your real life? So give me a little bit of what you connect with and what you don't connect with when it comes to your character. Uh, okay, I don't... I guess I don't subscribe or, you know, the whole aspect of the DL thing. I don't get into that. I don't subscribe to that. Um, <laughs> Come on, I don't subscribe. I love it. <laughs> um, that part of it, outside of that, I think, like, now, currently in my life, I'm kind of, like, in this place where Morris is now, like, trying to, like, figure out what's best for him in terms of relationship and who you should be dating, who you shouldn't be dating. Um, so I think those aspects of the trial and error I can relate to not so much of the recklessness he goes through too much um but I can relate to the finding yourself part of it gotcha gotcha and what's the best life um again Kenyon sorry what's the best life lesson that you said you learned from Morris, Morris Chadwick's most unpleasant character attribute or any character attributes really if you don't have anything from Morris but what's the most the best life lesson that you've learned from the unpleasant um, attributes? Um, the most life, live in your truth. Don't try to bury it because it's mm. just going to explode recklessly. Um, yeah, I think that's probably the biggest thing because you, you got to have an outlet to that and it's going to come out in other ways. Um, so, and you know, you're going to spend all this time trying to like hide or present this perfect package or whatever mm -hmm. and you know maybe the bow is just not fluffy enough it's maybe it's not wrapped too tight it's okay maybe the tape <laughs> didn't stick this one time it's all right so. <laughs> uh, yes sir i get it i totally get it okay cool so roger <clears throat> in writing your diverse abundance of characters have any of your characters taught you anything about yourself and if it was what was it um i would say oof, that's a good question Maybe um, Fabian, because um, Fabian was loosely, very loosely based off of me when I was a kid. Fabian from Finding Me, I should say, um, mm -hmm. when I was much younger and that idealistic way of looking at things. And I still have a bit of that idealism and romanticism of, of the way I look at things. But I've, I've learned in my, I won't say, well, 45 years. Um, <laughs> that, Come on now. Um, it's not good to stay in the fantasy because while you're creating this, reality is still there. And mm -hmm. so it's a hard fall from the fantasy that you've created. So I think Fabian has taught me that um, in his journey. Um, and I think um, working, working with the actors that I have been working with has mm -hmm. taught me a lot as well, especially in this series, uh, Talks Myself, in this incarnation this season, um, this is an interesting for me cast um, because the personalities are very different, and um, it's been, it's been helping me to see things very differently. 
Got you. All right, awesome. So tell me this. What's been the hardest part about being an independent film creator? And then on the flip side, what's been the most enjoyable part? I say the same thing all the time, and I want to change my answer because it's the same. But I would say the, <laughs> the hardest thing is resources. And, and when you don't have the resources trying to figure out how to make something come together. Now, the double-edged sword of that is by me doing it for as long as I have, I've been able to um, create, when I create something and it looks great, I'm excited by it. Like, I can't believe I did that with nothing. And then the reality is the person who's watching it, they don't care of all the sweat and blood and tears that you put into making it happen. They just love the story. So that's that's the great part of it. Um, but that's that's the that's the tough part is resources. The most enjoyable part is not having someone else uh, uh, dampen my creative uh, choices. So when you have other people's money involved, they feel like they have a say. And as an artist, there's there's a duality. You want to be able to tell your art, but when money gets involved, people feel like they have an ownership of, over your art. And so it's it's a struggle there. And so far, I haven't had to have I haven't had that experience a lot. I have in some instances, but not to the degree that I feel like I don't want to do this anymore. So that's gotcha. what I do like about it. Because we're artists and we're sensitive about our shit. Got yes. it. Yes. Copy her. I got you. <laughs> Kenyon, so tell me this. What's been the most important thing to remember when choosing a role? Um, well, I, I would say <laughs> um, it's, very, it's very blunt. Don't be too thirsty for the role. Um, Ooh. Ooh. I say Ooh. that to don't be like, I mean, it's like a lot of, creators out there nowadays and there are a lot of people writing things and a lot of people producing things and a lot of things filming things and I feel like there are really talented people that get swept up into the wrong productions um so I feel like it's okay to wait um and not just accept anything that comes across your desk or your email or your Instagram DM um uh to right. you know to like jump on it like oh I want to be this is um I think it's important to know like if you're going to feel uncomfortable then don't do it or if there's something that you're just not okay with just don't do it now I feel like you also have to be um when choosing a role you have to Yes, granted, there are going to be people that you don't know, but I think it's time, it's it's a it's important to take time to do the research on the person doing the project or the people behind the project to see what have they done or what they're doing, credibility. And some people are independent mm -hmm. filmmakers. This may be their first time. That's okay too. But you can also see by just looking at their content or how they approached you. You know, very professional. You you have to take on all the clues. And I feel like, like I said, just don't be thirsty. Period. Started where you ended, okay? That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that, that was some, definitely some great advice. You guys have been dropping some awesome gems today. So how people will take notes. So I'm just telling you because I know I am. Okay, cool. So um, as we sort of wrap up our second, uh, our first part of the interview, we'll get to the second part. Just maybe one or two more questions. Roger, what's the best advice that you've ever received? Best advice I've ever received is uh -huh. I am not... Well, it, it sounds, it's going to sound fucked up, but things are not going to come easy for me. 
And with that said, that means you have to work harder to get what you want done. And so that, that was, that was the best advice I got. Um, that was in high school. And you still remember it. Look at you over yeah. here. Oh, right now, that's what I'm talking about. So I'm going to ask you the same thing, Kenny. What's the best advice that you have ever received? Uh, don't be so serious and enjoy life. Mmm. <laughs> right. So some people be too stiff. They stiff well. They have they be stiff in their body and in their <laughs> mind. They need to get out of that. Thank you for that. All right now. All right, cool. So Roger, what is the main thing that you want our VersityB audience to learn about OmniPro today? Walking away from him, what do you want them to learn about you guys today? Um, I want them to learn that uh, that OmniPro TV is uh, it's a, a creative space um, with diverse stories. Even though it's all a spinoff of Finding Me at the moment, um, it's it's just touching on different aspects of relationships, love, turmoil. I mean, I have a series called Restitution that is a, a crime drama, um, and I enjoy writing that a lot too, and 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 doing that and. The feedback I've been getting from that is great. So when you go to OmniPro TV, I want the audience to feel like they, they have a choice to go here, or if they don't want to see that right now, they can go to that direction. And it's it's just a little piece of every aspect of life. All right, now. So tell me, and keeping that moving, what's next for OmniPro? Tell me what we got going on next so we can be you know watching our eyes for our Instagram, our Snapchat, our Twitter, all that good stuff. Well, I, I need to get a lot of my shows on Amazon Prime. So Omi Pro TV will have an extension onto Amazon Prime um, so that there's more accessibility. That's the next move uh, for the production. Yeah, right now, y'all heard it here first. Be on the lookout for Amazon Prime. That's in, in the future. It's coming. We outside. <laughs> and so the last question to round off for both of you guys, I'm going to ask you uh, before we uh, get to part two, we get a little bit more in your business. Uh, this is the part two of all the tea where we really, you know, sip the tea with you. Um, the, the last part of this is this. Um, um, for you, Roger, first, who do you think you are? Let, when someone asks you who do you think you are, what would you answer? What would your answer be? Uh, a black man um, who is in touch with his feelings um, um, and who is loving. Mm, I like that. Okay, okay. Okay, can you talk to me? When someone asks you who do you think you are, what would your answer be? Um, <laughs> uh, I would say a Rubik's Cube wrapped in an enigma. Um, very <laughs> a very complicated person, but give it some time and you'll get there. Um, and I'm, I would say I'm like an anti-social social light because um, I am prefer to be by myself only because I'm introvert or ambivert, however you say it, that one. Um, but I feel like I'm an extrovert by profession or just, I don't know, being around because I totally fine being in my house because because humans, <laughs> humans do annoy me most of the time so um yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh I, I totally get it you, you guys are something else on today okay cool so now we're going to get into our second part of the interview which is our final part which is uh five general questions that we ask every single one of our verse tv uh interviewers um and you know just you know get a little bit in your business so i'm going to start out with you roger again first question is this um if we had all the money or power necessary, what would you do or change that you feel will be most beneficial for the LGBTQ plus community? Mm. Um, I would put that money towards mental health and um, having 
having it a, a lot more accessible to those who are coming out, to those who are already out, to those who are dealing with depression, who are dealing with ageism. Um, I would think that is paramount to our mental health. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, cool. Oh, yes. And uh, again, same question for you, uh, Kenyon. What, if we had all the money, power necessary, what would you do or change that you feel would be most beneficial for the LGBTQ community? Um, I think I would make it like a, a nece- not a necessary, but something that should be taught in school and not just like swept under the rug. Like, oh, you just get a chapter in your dare yearbook or your health class. It's just like, oh, that's it. And then you're wondering, then you have all these children wondering like, well, what is it? How do I do this? Or, you know, I feel like it should be as you can teach any and everything else in school, why can't you just put this out there? Granted, people aren't going to latch onto it and do it for the rest of their lives. Who does mm-hmm. calculus every day? I still right. um, have um, mine, <laughs> Pluto, whatever those things are. I don't know those things. Right. You could teach us that and it could just sit in, in our brain cells and never use it again, but you can't just teach these things. Um, yeah, so I feel like it should be like, I mean, I know we have the internet nowadays, but but there are certain states and schools that don't allow those type of curriculums. They don't right. even have black culture in half of these damn schools. So I feel right. like it should be there. If it's, if it's real life, put it there. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay, cool. So question number two is going to start with the quote first, and then the quote will be the question. So the quote is this, ask me not where I live or what I like to eat or how I comb my hair, but ask me, what am I living for? In detail, ask me, what is the one thing that is keeping me from living fully the way I want to live? And that's a quote by Thomas Morton. So the actual question is this, what is your goal in life and what is stopping you from achieving that goal? I'm going to go with you, Roger. Um, my goal in life is to tell stories about the human condition. And right now, nothing's stopping me. Um, I'm not waiting for some studio to green light my stories. I'm telling my stories on my own. So yeah, nothing's stopping me. And my, my goal is to continue telling stories about the human condition. Oh man, that confidence right there just knocked me upside the head. I love it. Um, <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> what is your, um, so I, I, I'm gonna ask you the same thing. Uh, can you, what is your goal in life and um, what has stopped you from achieving that goal? Uh, I think my goal in life, I'm gonna, be a little selfish I think is to live a full life I want want to live a full life however that is um whether it's single in a relationship kids no kids whatever I want to live a full life and I think the thing that has stopped me is me because um you know you are your own worst worst critic and you you know I think perfection is always a stumbling block or a, a roadblock that you want to be like it has to be perfect before I do this it has to be perfect before I do that and I think it, that stops me from doing um a lot of projects that I want to do it's like oh it has to be x y and z sometimes you just have to get out there and do it and jump and you know see where you land right yes sir um I strongly believe that as well I preach and talk a lot about you know the only person stopping you is you and teaching people how to break that habit of stopping themselves it only takes 21 days to break a habit and, you know, after the 22nd day, you'd be ready to roll, realizing, rolling with it in your mind. So it's a whole process I have to help people with that. But I strongly agree with that. I started with myself. So I agree with you um, when it comes to that. Now, this number third question, number third, number three question um, is the most important one of them all. And the question is this, um, what is your deepest tea? 
not the most important question, just kidding, but you know, it's called homo tea. We like to sip the tea here. So what is your deepest tea? I.e. something that you've never shared on social media before, but something that you are willing to share with us. Uh, Roger. Really? You can go to Kenny first. Go to Kenny first? Okay, Kenny. I just think about it. <laughs> what is your deepest tea, sir? Something you've never shared on social media, but something you want to share with us. Um... Well, I've been, I saw the question, like when I, you know, the pre-question that I can't really think of anything I would want to share. (laughs) 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 Um, I'm weird. I don't even like half the time showing, you know, people film any and everything with like they're eating. Oh, I don't even do all that stuff. So uh, it's, I, I don't have nothing that I would want to. That I'm comfortable no, with. got you. Don't sleep it right now. Maybe next time. We'll come, you know, maybe next time. Got you. All right, Roger, it's up to you. Do you have any deepest tea you want to share with us here? Um, I don't like being alone, actually, um, because I come from a big family. Um, and so, like, during this, the COVID, the isolation was not good for me. I live alone, and um, I don't like being alone. So I know some people, like Kenyon doesn't mind um, being single. Um, not that I'm saying I, I mind being single, but I just like people around, you know? So I don't know if anyone has ever known that about me, but I, I like people around me. Got you. All right, now that's okay. Thank you for sharing that. We, we got something now. We got something. Walk away empty handed. Uh, okay, cool. Um, this is uh, question number four. Two more questions than we're doing, guys, I promise. Question number four is that uh, I'm going to go Kenyon on this one. Um, first, what has been your biggest stumbling block and, um, um, along the journey, how would you say you overcome that, overcame that uh, stumbling block? Uh, on my journey to... On your path up, you know, being, you know, in, in, in your career. But what, what has been your biggest stumbling block thus, thus far in your path and how, how have you overcome it? Um, I think my biggest stumbling block is probably um, multitasking, I guess. Um, I, cause I would prefer to have more time to dive into the creative aspect and the acting and all that stuff. But also I'm a realistic, um, realistic thinker is the Capricorn in me. I need to make sure that I'm working. So I'm a hard worker, so I'm always working. So I think that's a little, um, it's not a bad stumbling block, but it's a point where that I know that's my security net. So I need to do this. And um, so that's, I guess a little stumbling block that I would say on my journey, on my path to, you know, acting and being a creative, um, gotcha. focusing on the survival job versus the other way around. Gotcha. Gotcha. Awesome. Okay, cool. Okay. And um, I'm going to ask you the same thing, Roger. What has been your biggest stumbling block in your path up thus far and how did you overcome it? Well, my biggest stumbling block when I was younger was actually reading. I had um, a hard time reading, um, quickly. And so as I got older, I learned just, I, I just kept forcing myself to read a lot more and that's helped my writing. So um, now my, I, I type really fast. Sometimes and Ken, you can tell me, I can tell you on the script, you'll see a lot of mistakes in terms of um, gr- grammatically, but that's because I'm writing so fast and I'll miss mm-hmm. a, a word or two or whatever. But that was, that was one of my biggest stumbling blocks and I used to be very nervous about that and, and not letting, I didn't want people to know that about me because I felt, you know, dumb, but it was just that, um, and I also have um, a mild case of uh, 
Is it dyslexia? I think it's just dyslexia where I, things are a little backwards. Backwards, for me. dyslexia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, I had to overcome that. And I think in writing and reading more, that that's helped me. Awesome. Okay, cool. And our last question, gentlemen, I'm going to go to Kenyon first. Uh, what, is a, what is something that you want but love to be left in a legacy time capsule for your work? Um, ooh, I don't know. That's a hard one. Um, <laughs> I honestly, I don't think. Uh, I think I, I guess a time capsule thing, time capsule question is kind of like boxing me in, not boxing me in, but boxing in what I'm going. What I leave. Um, okay. and I wouldn't want to be like, oh, well, just do this, and that'll be stuck in there, and I have something like. More monumental come through. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't want to like, I don't know, stifle myself in that box. Um, I mean, I give give myself all good clips. It would be perfectly fine. But but the thing is, I'm my own worst critic, so I don't like watching my stuff. So I always feel like I do a horrible job. So I would have to have other people pick out what they think is good to put it in there because if I'm picking it, it's not gonna work. Gotcha. So we we'll put you a nice good clips of. Uh, some of your work in there to let people know who you were and what mm -hmm. you stood for, how you made it happen in these streets. So, Got it. Actually, up until this point. Up until this point. Okay, cool. Awesome. June 14, 2021. June 14, 2021. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. To the point. Okay, now, you don't play. You're like, oh, he sounds like an organized. Okay, cool. Uh, Roger, last one. This question number five for you is what is something that you would want left in a time legacy, in a time capsule uh, for your work? A legacy time capsule, excuse me, for your work. To know that I wear many hats and am capable of doing um, many things, multitasking. Um, so I would, it would be my art. It would be knowing and showing that I wrote, directed, produced, did the cinematography, edited. That's what I would want in my, my time capsule to know that I'm, I was capable of doing all those things. And it's not in a conceited way. It's so that another person can realize, because I often hear from people, I don't think I can do that. And it's like, but have you tried? You know, you, you need to try, like Kenyon said earlier, you need to jump. You can't just keep waiting on perfection. Perfection Absolutely. is unattainable. You have to try. Absolutely, I agree. Well, gentlemen, two men, okay? Which has been an experience. And I uh, thank you guys so much for being here with, with us for uh, all the tea right here on Bursi TV. So the last thing that we could do at this point at the end of the show is, you know, one, once more, let the people know where they can find you. Um, and, and uh, you know, that way, if they want to stay tuned to what you have going on and also want to be able to ask questions because you guys gave some great advice today, you might have the people want to reach out and ask, you know? Uh, so uh, start with you, Roger. Let the people know where to find you and all that good stuff since they want to reach out and touch. On Instagram and Twitter, it's Director Roger. And um, you can watch all my shows on omeprotv.com, O-M-E-P-R-O-T-V.com. Which soon to be Amazon Prime one day, y'all coming soon. Remember, you said it here. You said it, I pay attention. All right, <laughs> Kenyon, talk to me. Let people know where to find you and all that good stuff. Just want to reach out and touch. Uh, Kenyon L. O'Brien across all social media platforms. It's very easy and simple. Um, you just type it in, you'll find me. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. Um, you want to hit me up? DMs can't say I'll get to them if they're not you know they go they get in that off folder the off folder um, right. so <laughs> be patient um I'll get around to it um but yeah if any advice or anything um yeah Kenyon L O'Brien hit me up 
Awesome, awesome. Thank you guys so much. And again, you're watching all the tea right here on Verse TV. I am your boy at Troy Weeks Music, W-E-K-E-S, on all social media, as well as we are Verse TV at Verse B-E-R-S-T-E-A-B on everything. Uh, check us out, y'all. We're here. We got the week. This is week 111. So, of course, we'll be back again next week doing what we do best. So be sure to check us out. And we'll see you guys then. Y'all be safe out here in these streets. And y'all stay tuned to what my guys got going on because uh, they out here making moves in these streets. Thank you. You're welcome, guys. Thank you guys so much.